Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast, a member of the Education Podcast Network. Today, I have with me two members of the Paradigm Esports team, Ryan Haas and Daniel Hancock. Guys, thanks for joining me. Of course. Pleasure. So, you are with the cohort, the... um, so for some, it's an incubator. For some, it's an accelerator. I think for you guys, it's an accelerator. Uh, but before we go into what Paradigm is, I guess we probably should talk about the origin story of how this started. So I'm going to kick it off with you, Ryan Haas. Um, take me back two years ago. So two years ago, I was a junior in Noblesville High School, a part of the Innovations Open Source Learning class. And there I was talking with Mr. Wetrick about what I wanted to do in the class because at that point I had really no idea. Recently, my brother Addison Haas had received a uh, scholarship to play Heroes of the Storm, which is an eSport at Robert Morris University. And I thought to myself, if they can do this at the college level, why can't we do it at the high school level? Uh, I brought this idea to Mr. Wetrick, and funny enough, that very same day, we were able to have a spend it or lose it budget, and the rest is history, I would say. (laughs) Sure. Yes, recanting that story never gets old, because that was fate. So, yes, I... (laughs) I was told I, I oversee a budget at the school and, and um, it fit the criteria. And the thing that I love about Noblesville High School is it won. It technically fit our mission with the Innovation Center and the library. And number two, um, when I talked to my principal about it, and he's like, OK, you want to do what? I'm like, yeah, I want to use this technology budget and buy some gaming computers. And he's like, why? And I said, because we'd be the first. <laughs> and he goes, okay. And that, and I showed him the numbers. Um, so, and, and then Daniel, I can have you explain this now. So like, you know, even though Ryan was the one that's like, hey, esports is growing, esports is exploding. You also were a competitive gamer. To, to, the, to the layperson listening right now, they might go, esports? What is that? What is esports? So esports simply is just competitive video games, whether it's one-on-one or, or a team game where it's five-on-five. It's, uh, it's going to be your Halos, or it's going to be your now League of Legends or Overwatch. And so we have kids compete in, what, six or seven different games now. And four of those have scholarship opportunities and professional teams that are willing to hire them straight out of the high school for more than six-figure salaries. Okay, now, right now is where people are pressing the rewind button because you said scholarships. Explain that. So uh, just recently colleges have started realizing that esports is growing and it started out with small small colleges like rmu illinois because they didn't have money to afford a basketball team or a football team that was really good rmu robert morris university but go ahead yeah. and so um they started putting money into esports teams which are less players it's probably going to be either five players a team and then they can have multiple games um, but now there's about four colleges a day that are adding esports to their programs and they're offering full ride scholarships across the board. Just yesterday I got an ad on Instagram actually because Indiana Tech was looking for esports athletes, but they have no avenue to find these athletes because for basketball you have all these kids, you have all their stats tracked, but in, with esports you don't have that. So with Noblesville we started the first ever program where we can, we can sell our kids to those colleges and now we're helping other colleges other colleges be able to find high schools with kids yeah like that. i mean that's the enormity of it and so like i know that like, I, the reaction i was getting when i first started telling people that you know our school had started an esports team one of my favorite stories to tell there's two one of the guys said well that's just dumb and he says you mean to tell me that people 
watch people play video games? I'm like, yeah. He says, well, that's probably just big in other countries, but not here in America. And I'm like, well, last year, Madison Square Garden sold out in like 30 minutes. And then that's when he hit, hit him. He's like, you're meaning to tell me people bought tickets and sat on their butts to watch a game? And then there's like a three-second pause. And he's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, there's, there's not a lot of difference. There is there. When that irony hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it did hit him. And, and so that's when, that's when some, people, some of my friends were like, Don, dude, I'm starting to see this. Mm-hmm. And that and I I'd went out with a, 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 this, you know, well, you guys have been hitting up all the time. All of a sudden, local businessmen are like, hey, we smell this esports money. And uh, this guy took me out and he was like, tell me why I should be interested in this. And as God is my witness, I went, oh my gosh, turn around. We were at a sports bar and there on TV was a commercial for the Big Ten Network and there, it was a commercial for the League of Legends uh, tournaments. So all of a sudden it's like starting to get more ubiquitous. Last week it was on ABC and ESPN, like uh, Overwatch League. I have my own thing. I was at Lollapalooza this weekend and during one of the biggest yes. headliners there, Travis Scott, um, Ninja, who is actually the most interacted with athlete on Twitter yep. and esports personality was live streaming backstage. The crowd was going wild. It was crazy. Every time he got a kill, I felt like a mosh pit was opening up. It was like the crowd was erupting That's, just as a proof of concept for anybody. I, absolutely. Well, and then also sidetrack. So one of my other favorite stories is we in our, all of a sudden we were like exploding and so you and I put in for an application to speak at South by Southwest. Ironically enough, we put in a application for Southwest, South by Southwest EDU and one for South by Southwest. We did not get into the EDU, question mark, um, but we got into the regular, regular conference. And I always remember it because I'm like, Ryan, this is going to blow up. We're going to be huge. This is going to be awesome. And a uh, nice big room. And was it 12? 12, 12 or 11. 12 showed up. Uh, but that's okay because one guy was from ESPN, the other guy was from Atlantic Records. More on that in a second. Um, but yeah, so all of a sudden we see this. It, it's exploding, it's growing. But I, w- I want you guys to answer the question, um, even though it's, it's big in other countries, kind of catching on here, why, why should we take a look at high schools doing this? Um, our biggest reason that we think it's important to have esports is because it, it's, a, it's an entire community that nobody's ever like actually taken note of before. So we're offering a, a place that kids can stay after school, have extracurriculars and have real opportunities for scholarships and careers after school when normally they wouldn't. They don't have a family after school. They don't have sports. They don't have some sort of like way to learn those same values. And we, we have a coach, uh, Noah Hankinson, who has, he's not only coached our kids to be better in the game, he's coached them to be better outside of the game as well. Yeah, that's, uh, you're not kidding. Give him plenty of kudos because when we first started, I was staying after school with you and I'm like, this isn't sustainable. Then all of a sudden Noah came and then he started like, you guys are breaking down film. You guys are making sure that you guys were staying in shape, working out. It was, it was great. I mean, like it's, it's being ran the right way. And so now kind of fast forward to like, you, you guys have kind of seen best concepts here and you guys have been running a team and and Ryan has been connecting with people all over the place. And then all of a sudden you guys got asked, you know, by really state of Indiana and the started up foundation, Hey, let's get serious. Let's form an LLC. Um, what do you guys offer? So paradigm Esports, um, 
at its ground level is a business consulting firm um, that offers uh, solutions in video game entertainment and live stream content. And so we work both with private sector businesses and educational institutions. On the educational institution side, what we do is we hope to um, create uh, esports programs for high schools so that they can give their students those opportunities that haven't been presented, like serving that underserved community like Daniel touched on a moment ago. And then on the private sector side, it's more of a custom tailored thing for all the information that we have and how can it apply to your business and help you out. So for an example, like um, a company might come to us and say, hey, how do we help like our employees uh, get closer and team build? And we say, well, maybe you do esports. Maybe you have play FIFA after work and right. you guys build that rapport. Well, ironically enough, let's just, I mean, it's let's talk about the location we're at now, Daniel, and what you have to do with it. So right now we're in Outhouse co-working and they actually were offered to us up by Don and they told us that they wanted esports leagues and events here because they wanted to have a, gen a generated revenue stream after hours. So recently we hosted an event called the Jack of All Games where we had just a bunch of different esports set up around the room and we had probably about 20 or 30 people come in and every single person that I met there said that they wanted to bring more people and it was just it was just loads of fun and then now we're starting adult leagues here as well because esports isn't just a thing for kids it's for everybody because it just you go into any house in, yeah. in the united states you're going to find a game console oh yeah yeah I, that's for sure well and 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 you know first of all outhouse don't you do your business at home <laughs> they, there's a co-working space that has been off that's been helping start it up out and so we appreciate it but yeah they they took a look at what you guys were doing he's like we should have an esports event at night and actually even ryan we met some people at our event that came to our south by southwest thing and they were like it was like a large bank in france right yeah that that they were instead of having the bowling leagues for team camaraderie they were doing you know league of legends and stuff like that um so now all of a sudden this this kind of buzz give people an idea about just how big esports is just for the last skeptic that's out there going i don't know you numbers take, you take the competitive side i'll take the popularity side so competitively league of legends is league of legends alone which is one esport and possibly not even the biggest probably the second biggest is projected to be bigger than the nfl in less than two years uh, they sold out the Staples Center for two weeks straight, and that was not even for a major tournament. That was for the uh, the qualifiers. So League of Legends is growing consistently, and Twitch itself gets what 68 billion minutes watched per month. Per month, it's it's more than HBO, Netflix, any other streaming service you can think of. And to touch on that a little more on the popularity side, uh, Twitch alone is breaking cultural barriers, and, and they're leading the race and making video games no longer like a taboo subject like it's now cool to be good at video games the drake fortnite situation yeah. drake ninja like the ability to see the biggest pop star in the world tweet out a twitch link and embrace video game culture really broke a lot of barriers and like i said it made it cool to like video games and to touch on that whole popularity again nowadays when i see kids like watching stuff on their ipad or their computer they're no longer watching traditional sports highlights they're watching fortnite they're uh, watching league of legends i can I, I, look <laughs> Grant, I mean, my, my son, I, I remember that pivotal moment that even before we started talking and, and you had kind of shown me this, I'll always remember when, um, gosh, this was four years ago, Grant was watching uh, Minecraft videos. And I swear to God, Dan TDM's voice still rings in my head to this day. And so one time I asked him, I'm like, Grant, why are you watching this? And he, stopped, he paused it and he goes, I'm getting better. And all the, like in that moment, I realized like when I was his age, 
I used to watch This Week in Baseball. Uh, every Saturday morning, I used to watch this 30-minute show, and they'd show how Pete Rose would hit or how Tony Gwynn and all these other guys. And like, oh, my gosh, it's the same thing. He, he's watching others play because he wants to play, and he wants to be good. And then, you know, as the years have gone by, yeah, he's watching more gameplay and things like that. It, and it's like, it truly is no different. It, it's been harder for my generation and older to, like, you know, this isn't a real sport. Until they realize that, you know, I'm sure back in the 1800s, you know, early 1900s, they're like, you're going to throw a ball through a peach basket? That's dumb. You know, I, like every sport has its origins. And, and so now I, I think that there's starting to get some slow acceptance. And then, like you said, this the cultural phenomenon of, you know, I still can't believe. Like last weekend, Alicia and I were out to eat and I looked up and, and I was like, oh, my gosh, Alicia. It was the, the you know, um, Overwatch League. And I looked at the icon in the background, I'm like, is this TNT or TBS? No, it was ESPN. ESPN 1. Yeah. Not ESPN 2. And then the next morning, ABC. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's huge. So how, like, obviously there's this thing in the air. And then one thing I was really proud of is, is like, you guys can really sniff out an opportunity. Why do you think this is a huge opportunity for Paradigm? Well, one thing I just want to say, you were talking about Grant with Minecraft, and then, Ryan, you can touch on why this is a huge opportunity. The, the thing about eSports is that it's not only about team games either. So you said he was watching Minecraft. That's a game you play on your own. You don't play that with other people. There are, people the kids are getting real opportunities. Like in StarCraft, if they can't work with a team, they have, still have the ability to like grow with others because they learn strategies from playing with other people. The best players in the world only scrim each other all the time, so they know each other inside and out, and that's how they learn. So the games not only offer good for teams, they offer a good place for kids who don't work well with teams to learn and be able to work with other people. Boy, that's the truth. Yes. I, I remember when I, because again, total novice, when I was first starting, like just opening up my eyes and when I was there at pra your practices, um, full disclosure, I, I still don't know what I'm doing. I just enjoy being there. And I'm sitting there watching you guys, literally like you, you were the leader, barking out orders and it was like watching a military uh, procedure and, and it was and it was like yeah there's a lot of collaboration and communication all these things that we talk about in education that we should do you guys were, were thoroughly doing real world skills by the way teamwork communication are intangible skills in the workplace that everybody needs and like Preach. being able to play video games with your friends teaches you those skills like if, if I play uh, if I played League of Legends for three years professionally like being able to lead a team like that through adversity and being yeah. able to adapt to whatever you like is coming at you is something that will well, stay with you the rest of your life. you guys on how you guys handled, well, you guys had your own terms of toxic, but just obnoxious kids that overreacted when they got yeah. eliminated. Yeah. You're like, no, you know, like, like, you know, we've all seen the YouTube clips of the kid that freaks out and all this other stuff, but you're like, no, we're a team. And, and I, 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 I appreciated it as, as the representative of Noblesville schools at the time, because I was like, you know, I knew that once we were like starting to get on Twitch, I'm like, I know some of our administrators are going to watch and just to see if we're acting like nutcases. And we weren't. And uh, that was that was a, a great thing, too. Um, sorry. Back to the why this is a huge opportunity for paradigm as well. I mean, on all fronts, like we said, esports is exploding. It's it's a market that right now is at exponential growth and much like any market like this there's a there's a certain window you have to get in you can't get in too late and you can't get in too early because if you get in too early you're not going to make any money if you get in too late there's barriers to entry and no one's going to let you in because you're not going to be authentic you weren't yeah. there when it started and good point well that's my that was my only fear is that like you guys are it's seemingly at the right time 
my like I just wonder how fast or slow schools are going to adapt. I think they're going to adapt pretty quickly. I've seen most principals, most people like we actually had quite a few teachers at our house event recently, and every single one of them said they were going to go back to their principal and bring them to Noblesville schools. They wanted to do a visit and they wanted to make sure that they could do the esports program as soon as possible. Because as soon as they heard about the program, they said, that's cool. I want to see our kids doing that because that would make them happier. They would have lower depression rates. And like yes. you said, with dealing with loss, yeah, that's the number one thing about getting better at these games. You cannot rage. You cannot get mad when you lose. Otherwise, you're never going to get better, and you're not going to be good for a team. Yeah, so yeah the rest of your team. Well, that. I remember, and I'm not going to name names, but there was one particular student that was pretty good, and they're like, he's toxic. And, like, we're, we're willing to set him on the bench because his negativity is affecting the rest of the team. So it was, I hate to say it was very comparable to a physical sport, mm-hmm. um, but, no, it, it, was, it was all right there um, for C. The thing that also excites me as, as a one, as your former teacher and, you know, a guy that helps entrepreneurs like you guys, you guys have the proof of concept down. Um, it's not like, yeah, we, we turned – we're good at a sport. You know, we're good at – Esports, you guys have a team where you guys understand the the aspects of it. You guys understand the education. You guys understand how it fits into education. You guys understand the technical. You guys understand the marketing and the key players. Matter of fact, one one of your members can't be here, um, and, and I'm sure we'll have a follow up. Uh, and Alex will be here, but go over your team and roles and why you guys fit so well together. So. Um Interestingly enough, the three of us, um, I'm actually just graduated. I'll be a freshman in college this year. And then Daniel and Alex, my two co-founders, um, are seniors in high school. And I was the one that originally started the program with Don, and they latched, they latched on right away and became pretty much my two right-hand guys when it came to everything because they were so knowledgeable about esports and they were such good players that they could communicate the things that I didn't know to all the players. And I think that's kind of been like the dynamic of it is they focus on a lot of the esports stuff because that's what they know way better than me. Whereas I focus on the brand of paradigm and growing what we do and people buying into what we do. And then what's interesting is with me, I was previously a semi-professional player. I used to play in all these different all these different teams and leagues and I figured out how to coach, how how the organization worked. And so when I'm taught when I'm working within paradigm, most of what I'm doing is for the player's perspective or for an event perspective. So the outhouse co-working event, I do those. And with whenever I'm working with player expectations or if I'm talking to players, I do that. But Alex is, is better at talking to just the people who aren't knowledgeable about, the, about this type of industry because that's what he specializes in. But I can't do that because I use too much, I use too much uh, slang is what you would say. No, uh, did, man, have we ever preached that here in the, the foundation is that, well, heck, last week's, challenge was what are you bad at and are you outsourcing it or are you building a team around it and you guys had the perfect answer like our team literally we have a we have a triumvirate you know on on the growth and marketing side you got Haas on the understanding how it fits in education and just structure and how to lay it out Daniel and then for those (laughs) I hate to say it some of those teachers are scared to death like how do you set that stuff up um, you had Alex, all the technical side. So that, that's, it's just so important to have a team that, that really knows their role and that one person doesn't feel like they have to do everything. Because that's, you know, I've, if there's one thing I've seen people fail is, is that you have one person that thinks that like, I have to do everything and they don't want to delegate. 
Um, so that's that's really strong on your part. So um, again, I, I guarantee you, a lot of people listening to the episode, this episode, have no idea what esports is. What? Um, let's just let's just say that, let's say that, that there's some upper elementary school listening. What esport would you recommend as a starter one? Upper elementary school, so like fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth, fifth fourth, fourth grade, three. probably Rocket League or a sports game like that, just because obviously there's no violence. Kids are already going to be like understanding of those games i mean it's it's a video game of a traditional sport so there's not that many like really in-depth learning curves as compared to a first-person shooter game or a moba or an rts yeah and right now like with the middle school we're running is we're running like mario kart rocket league it's like super smash bros just simple games that people can understand the concept and how to work with the team before they really get into running the cart and everything else Actually, Daniel, you even had some experience working with uh, some middle schools Mm -hmm. that you use this as an after-school program to kind of entice students that need a little extra time with their teacher. How did that work out? What do you mean by extra time with their teacher? Well, I mean, it was kind of a nice morale boost in the sense that it it wasn't an after-school punishment. It was, you know, they already had an interest. Oh, yeah. So what we did at the middle school, originally it was a... uh, it was the, the at-risk children. And we said, you know what, if we're going to offer them something to do after school that they need, they need inspiration, they need somewhere, somewhere to look forward to, then we would talk to them about the eSports program. Then we offered the eSports club at the, at the middle school, and we made a website for them. We stat-tracked all of them. We had tournaments. And now we're even doing a big event for them here on uh, September 19th, I believe, where we're going to have a tournament between the East and, East and West Middle School. Biggie and Pac. All right. Uh, so this is, um, again, it's been quite an adventure. And I, I've seen just the amount of attitudes that have changed from the, the people I've talked to. Um, but, you know, that's the elementary school level. Now, let's, let's, let's deal with the, the obvious and the uncomfortable part of this. Um, there have actually, we had some hate mail sent to us. I remember when we first started, um, there were in two categories. Let's, let's go over both of them. Yep. The first thing I got, and actually I remember I, this is when I interviewed Rick Fox and he went off. He was like, how dare people? The first stereotype is that I am encouraging you. Well, actually I'm not running it anymore that you guys are encouraging students to sit on their butt even longer and play video games. My take on that is that's what they'd be doing alone at their house anyway. And being a part of a program, not only does it allow you to connect with other students, make friends, it also puts you in that team setting. We touched on it earlier. You're learning those intangible skills that you're not going to learn unless you're a part of a situation like that. So teamwork, communication, cohesion, all those little things. I'll let Daniel finish from there. Yeah, and then we're also having these kids work out. We're, doing, we're not only doing just straight-up workouts with cardio and weights. We're also doing team building games. And then we, we actually have a nutritionist this year that's going to be individually making plans for every single kid yeah. for free. So That's crazy. No, you, you and Noah have taken it to a, another level. I, that was, I remember when, when we had started it, I was like, that was my thing. Because when I announced that I was gonna, we were going to have this esports program, people were saying like, oh, how dare you? And kids that don't get enough exercise, I was like, well, the heck with them. Every other day, we're at least going to play Ultimate Frisbee. And then I think I pulled my hamstring twice. Oh, yeah. That was the funniest thing. I, I it's not funny, Daniel. <laughs> it was painful. <laughs> but I was good for that 20 minutes, right? Yeah, you were okay, fine. Good. You were good. Okay, yeah. They, Better yeah. than some of the kids. You know, they didn't think that I had that speed, but I, I threw on the afterburners. And then I, and then I tore my 
my left hamstring. Um, okay, so that was that was the one thing, and we dispelled that myth. And then um, the other stuff we took a, a little bit of mail on was that this, mm, there is a lot of negative. Well, look, we live in a culture now where we rightfully are hesitant and a little bit scared of school violence. There's been some school shootings, and there was some criticism over that esports encourages school shooting. Here's my rebuttal to that whole entire argument that um, video games, violent video games, encourage mass shootings or mass violence on any scale. If video games are all over the world, right? How come all of the mass like attacks and stuff happen in the United States? It doesn't correlate. I mean, esports originated more in Asia and Europe oh, anyway, and, and there's way yeah, less yes, of that yes, in those areas. So yes. that's my take on the situation. And with any change, yeah, like, even the movie industry got that same type of of stigma around it when it was first growing. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm gonna try not to go political, but that is interesting. Yeah, that the the Hollywood scene. It's it's so funny. Uh, they glamorize violence. And, um, you know, a couple of negative here and there, but for the most part, you don't see much complaints. And mm -hmm. I've, I've noticed that the esports industry <laughs> is decisively libertarian. Yeah. And they don't necessarily care about the political correctness. It's, I mean, it's, it, it's been dicey on, on people taking on the esports industry and the esports industry is like we don't care let us play our video games yes yeah. like let us yeah. do what we want to do i mean we had we had the probably the first or second best csgo team in the country and they, yeah. we had to dispel it because of the school well and no i mean we we we, we called it an early exit yeah. from the school year and 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 yeah the, the parkland shooting made everybody uncomfortable and and you know it's 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 just the times that we live in, and I understand that. But at the same time, the players were like, "We've worked really hard." You know, none of us are violent, and 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 I think that's just you know I wanted to deal with it on on this podcast because I, I have I, I understand why there's a little bit of hesitancy. You know, in some ways you're like, "Wait," because that that was the email that we got. Like, or actually they they did a was it an article they did about us in the Indianapolis Star and. One of the first comments is like, wait, you're teaching your kids to be better first person shooters. And I'm like, oh my gosh. That, that's the one thing the guy took from it. Yeah. Yeah. None like of the teamwork, cohesion, scholarships, yep, opportunities. Yep. Yeah. yeah. This, yeah. The article was unbelievably generous and, and was a very positive and, and people hear what they want to hear. And, and uh, so that, 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 that bugged me. Um, but I did want to deal with it that, that literally there has been a lot of studies and there's zero correlation. Um, but it's out there. And I, and I think that, the important part is the way you guys are running it on, you know, having it in the schools, starting in with a rocket league or, you know, we've been talking about maybe, you know, NBA 2K leagues or whatever that, you know, having professionalism, having teamwork, not being able to, to, you know, rage or whatever. Those are such important things that if, if this is a ubiquitous thing and there's going to be more and more esports, you might as well practice it at the school under good supervision. Um, and quite frankly, I, I mean, I could, I, I'm looking at this from afar. I think here in five years, there's gonna, you're going to see. Heck, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt if like AAU. You know, there, there's, there's, there's going to be a lot of opportunity, and I'm excited for you guys because you guys are at ground level and are doing it right. Um, so speaking of that, tell everybody where they can find more and um, 
all that good stuff. So uh, my LinkedIn is uh, Ryan Haas. It's kind of a weird spelling. Um, it's probably gonna be in the title, but my name is uh, Ryan Haas, R-Y-N-E space H-A-A-S, or you can find me on Twitter at Ryan underscore Haas. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm gonna be Daniel Hancock, and then on Twitter will be underscore Daniel Hancock. And then uh, we'll have our website out soon, which is paradigmesports.com. Well, guys, I think that, um, one, uh, first of all, if you're in education, seriously, at minimum, check these guys out. Uh, I think that they're offering some really cool things for schools to consider. And, and as both of you had pointed out, in my humble opinion, serving an underserved community. Look, we got a lot for the basketball players, a lot for the football players, a lot for the soccer players, a lot for the lacrosse players, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, man, uh, there's a lot of a lot of esports players out there that you don't know, and, and actually, I can I can attest that I had no idea this show up we'd have. I, what week on that first 120 year? Twenty on our first call out ever. Yeah, yeah. hundred twenty players, and we had and that was poorly 20, marketed. Twenty spots. Twenty spots. It, yeah, it wasn't even marketed the way we do yeah. it now. Yeah, that was and, by word of mouth. Yep. So the, if you build it, they will come. Um, and for that matter, I'm hoping that you're thinking, well, what does it cost to get into the esports? How, what kind of rigs do I have to set up? That's why you should call these guys. We want to build esports at your school. Yep. And we want to do it for the cheapest possible price that we can. Yep. And they, these guys have got methodologies. They've got opportunities for you guys to work your way up, even if you don't have a budget. I'm telling you, they just, just work with them. Now I'm just shamelessly pandering to you. Sorry, guys. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on our show. I hope that people reach out to you. I hope they understand or at least are aware of the, uh, the, the awesomeness of these sports and the growth and uh, best of luck to you guys. I'm sure we will have another follow-up with Alex on, but uh, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah.